It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Hey guys, welcome to another Gangplank Report. We are recapping episode 13 of Below Deck OG, which Bravo called Unfinished Business. And Jen came up with a brilliant, brilliant title for this one, which is Grief Stew, which I think is just fully encapsulates most of this episode. Second runner up was Aft Backwards. (laughs) And I love that too. Honorable mention. Yeah, I can't claim that. That was the Turtle Guest Darren's and it made me laugh. And it's one of those things that made me jealous. Like, why didn't I think of that? That's so funny. In your entire litany of dad jokes, that was was not what you came up with. (laughs) Exactly. I am the queen of dad jokes. I need to claim it for women too, though. And I need to have a mom joke thing going. (laughs) I feel like the mom jokes just doesn't, it just doesn't roll off the tongue as well. Exactly. Exactly. And here is Jen with your rapid recap. Okay. Eddie feels bad that Raina didn't see him as an ally. They have the preference sheet meeting for the last charter of the season. And the highlight on this was no cooked fish of any sort. A cart with garbage falls into the ocean and Eddie leaves the wheelhouse with the engines running to go retrieve it. After the guests enjoy water sports, they want champagne and everyone is in the crew mess eating at the same time. Rachel is starting to get frustrated with the interior not taking direction. The primary isn't happy that she got lobster when she said no cooked fish. Heather cops an attitude when Raina says anything for Rachel and mocks it later to Rachel herself. Fraser decides he doesn't want to go back to his old boat in position and that he was too comfortable there and he's looking at becoming chief stew. Heather thinks the key to a $30,000 tip is to have Eddie dress up like Alexander Hamilton. Captain Lee lands on Heather with both feet for leaving the costume mess in the wheelhouse. Heather decides that the best thing to do after being chastised is to leave Fraser alone on service and get her hair braided where everyone eats. Kaylee said her relationship with Heather is like sisters. Sometimes they love each other. Other times they want to rip each other's heads off. Heather decides to take her frustration out on Fraser who is the only one doing the job he's being paid for in the moment. 
Rachel is ticked that the ice cream was delivered too early by Folexander Hamilton and Heather feels like she did nothing wrong. And that's your rapid recap. Awesome. I have lots of little notes for this episode, starting with what happened at the beginning of the episode, which is Eddie and the engines. Mm -hmm. Somebody made a comment on Twitter last night and I'm going to screw it up because I'm not going to remember it verbatim, but something about don't leave daddy's car running. Right. That was, I went Fred. Yeah. Yes, yes, (laughs) yes. That's right. And I thought that was perfect. Mm -hmm. And I mean, every single time that we have seen anybody in the wheelhouse, other than the captain, the captain is very close at hand, like right there. Right. So my question is, where was Lee when that happened? Mm-hmm. He was in his cabin. I saw Okay. That. We obviously heard on the radio, I think it was Wes or Jake, one of the two of them, ask Eddie to come and help out to get that cart full of garbage off of the dock, mm-hmm. which... By the way, that's kind of bad manners in a marina. Mm-hmm. Just leave a cart full of garbage for somebody else to take did care of. Did you happen to see who did that? I did not. Eddie did. Eddie was oh. the one who threw the garbage onto the cart. And I rewound it like three different times because in a long shot, Eddie and Jake can look a little similar, but there was a voiceover bit. And it had subtitles and I realized that it was Eddie. So, because Jake even said, who tied this up? I mean, I guess you tie, I don't know. Do you tie those things to a pylon or something there? Yeah, but what should happen when they were done with the provisions and if they had garbage that needed to go up to the top of the dock, because obviously there's not a dumpster at the end of the dock, that one of the crews should have just pulled the trolley up there and left it in a place where somebody else could use it when they need it later. Right. It's like Marina etiquette. Okay, cool. You know, take it up to the top of the dock or in the event that you, for some reason, run out of time to do something like that. First of all, if there's guests walking down the dock, the last thing that you want is a cart full of trash sitting there when they walk down the dock. Right. Because they had just gotten on the boat Mm -hmm. and they were getting ready to leave. Well, they were already on the boat and this was last minute before they left that Eddie was tossing that on. If how they aired it was the order in which it occurred. Yeah, it would have taken two minutes for somebody to walk that thing up the dock. Right. Yeah, And then you wouldn't have had that situation. It's easy. And like I said, it's really marina etiquette Mm -hmm. to do something like that. So anyway, moving on. Bad move. And then the fact that after they get out of the marina and they're on their way to Nevis, that Eddie celebrates what a great job he did. Right. Because really, Captain Lee was hot. I made a goofy little comment that I don't even leave my cobalt running and it's 16 years old, you know, (laughs) but he was really heated and he landed on him as soon as he walked back in and said, that is like rule number one. You never leave the wheel when the engines are running and in eddie's defense one of my twitter friends defended him i think it was rose she said at least he asked him what he should do the next time and didn't act like he knew right which is valid but that just shows a lack of experience right yeah i mean the entire situation shows a lack of experience Mm -hmm. yeah which is another reason why eddie will not be captain next season yeah i don't see it happening I was surprised that he didn't radio anybody. I mean, yes, the radio call came through, but you don't know if somebody else heard that. Like he didn't say, 
Cap, could you step in? Or like Captain Lee said, turn off the engines or something. It just seemed like madness to me to walk away from a ship whose engines were running. And it wasn't like he was even going to be on a ship. It's not like he walked a little bit down the hallway. He left the ship to get this cart. Right. And also in his defense, quite often we will turn on the engines and let them warm up and run around and do other stuff as well. I mean, that's on smaller boats. That's not on a 160 foot boat where you have 12 crew, but there's a lot of times where you will turn on the engines, let them get warmed up while you disconnect power, while you make sure the generators are working properly. You know, there's a lot of things that have to happen in the minutes before you get off the dock. And the captain isn't, at least on the boats that I work on, the captain isn't standing in the wheelhouse the entire time. He's making sure everything else is working too. So, I mean, there's a lot of different ways to do that. I would imagine on a boat that big that somebody should be in the wheelhouse because that's a lot bigger moving object to stop. Yeah. Than some of the boats. It's a lot bigger moving object. It's a lot more of an expensive object. And it's not like what you're talking about with the smaller boats where people have to wear multiple hats right there are several people if you're counting eddie in the mix you've got eddie you've got is it the first mate is that what they're calling him now that eddie's first officer and then you've got captain lee so there are multiple people so i understand it in this situation why it shouldn't happen and because of the value of the ship why it shouldn't happen yeah but you're right he is learning so so yeah i mean that's one of those live and learn things hopefully it's not an expensive mistake right and lee even said he learned it the hard way and they flash back to that pylon in like the second season i think right all right moving on let's talk about preference sheets and guest preferences and specifically shellfish okay so i just had a situation happen uh, not a situation i mean it wasn't a problem it was just i needed a little bit of clarification on my last charter one of the primary charter guests was not a fan of tomatoes Mm -hmm. it did not specify whether it was raw tomatoes or cooked tomatoes or all tomatoes or tomato in any fashion whatsoever So I didn't have communication with them prior to the trip. I did get their preference sheets, but I did not have an opportunity to talk to them before they arrived on the boat. Mm -hmm. So I made sure that the first two meals that I planned when they arrived, which was lunch and dinner, didn't have any tomatoes in it so that I would have an opportunity to ask for clarification before we continued on with the rest of the seven-day charter. Right. And so once I served the first two meals at dinner the first night, I just gently asked the charter guest. So the tomato thing, is it raw tomatoes, all tomatoes? Can you eat cooked tomatoes? And everything was perfectly fine, including salsa, except for raw tomatoes, like didn't like raw tomatoes on salads, didn't like raw tomatoes in a caprese salad, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So that was all I had to do was ask for clarification. Right. So if there was any kind of a question, that would have been an easy way to handle it was for Rachel or Heather, which I'm not necessarily sure I would have trusted her to ask the right questions right. to go to that guest and say, out of curiosity, is it all fish, shellfish, all seafood, you know what I mean? Seafood would have been a better way to phrase that on the preference sheet. No cooked seafood. I was just going to say that because I've learned because you know me and I'm not a fan of ocean food. 
that I say I don't eat any seafood. Because if I say I don't eat fish, for example, when I started a job years ago, the owner was taking me out to lunch and he said, is there anything you don't eat? And I said, I don't eat fish. And he took me to this place in Cincinnati called Mount Adams Fish House. (laughs) And (laughs) it was pre the time period when everybody had chicken tenders or had some vegan dish that you could choose from. Everything was fish. And his interpretation of that, because, and what I ended up getting was a pasta Alfredo with mussels. And he assumed that I would eat shellfish. And so I got it thinking there's going to be like one or two mussels on top of it. No big deal. The whole freaking bowl was covered with mussels and I was trying to choke some down and I just couldn't do it. And I finally halfway through the meal said, you know, when I said, I don't eat fish, I should have said, I don't eat anything that comes from the ocean. And he's like, then stop eating it. Why have you been eating it? But I was trying to make a good impression. So anyway, of course, well, and that's understandable on some level, but I think that that clarification from the charter guest would have made all the difference in the world. Exactly. You know what I mean? And so I feel like a small amount of that was on her exactly clarify because that would have made things a lot easier all the way around and obviously made her a lot more comfortable, but this is a reality show and they do love the drama. And so here we are. Right. But you know, when I was talking to Andrew about it during the commercials last night, he said, well, why would somebody just not eat fish? And I said, well, here's the thing. There is a disease, especially in the Caribbean that affects warm water reef eating fish. It's called cicatera. It can mm-hmm. cause very uncomfortable. I mean, Google it. It's tough to spell it, but I can help. It causes very uncomfortable symptomology mm-hmm. and it only comes from reef eating fish. And so if someone has had cicatera once already, it could kill you the second time around. So wow. it's entirely possible that somebody, because I've had charter guests tell me that before in their preference sheets or in conversation to say, I don't eat fish in the Caribbean mm-hmm. because I've had cicatera once already before. I got it at a sandals resort. I got it on a cruise. I got, I got sick and I don't want to do that again because it could actually kill you. Right. And so shellfish doesn't carry cicatera to my knowledge. It's just warm water refeeding fish. Okay. And so, I mean, it's entirely possible that that could have been the case and it just wasn't designated that way on the preference sheet. What she said was, it's a texture thing for her. Right. She clarified, but when yeah. all you're doing is looking at a preference sheet right. ahead of the guests arriving, mm-hmm. you don't know that. Exactly. And I always err on the side of caution and mine is nothing so deep. I just have a toddler palate, so I just don't like the taste of fish, but I feel like there was responsibility to be had on both the primaries part to be more clear and on Rachel's part to clarify, does she just mean fish or does she mean seafood? So I think there was a little bit of both there. I agree. I agree with that. And honestly, raw lobster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gross. 
<laughs> I mean, I'm not a lobster fan to begin with, but raw lobster, bleh. Wow. <laughs> that just sounds bad. I don't know. So I find this next thing a little bit curious because Fraser to me seems like a pretty buttoned up kind of proper guy. Mm-hmm. So his friendship with Jake is a little perplexing to me because as proper as Fraser seems to me in the way that he conducts himself, Jake is the complete and utter opposite. Mm -hmm. And it surprises me that his bestie on this trip would turn out to be the drunken naked man. Right. (laughs) That is obsessed with his unit. Yes. (laughs) And by the way, if there's a psychologist that's listening, can you please tell us if there's some kind of a disorder where I understand why little boys are obsessed with their genitalia because it's new to them and they're figuring it out. But at a certain point in your maturity and age level, well, maturity is being generous, but at a certain point, at a certain age, shouldn't there be some level of decorum or less of an obsessive antics surrounding that because I just don't get it I'm not sure that I've ever seen a human that's more obsessed with their male genitalia than he is yeah yeah even to the point of when they were at the beach picnic setup where he put that costume tail on backwards (laughs) and I wasn't quite sure what it was at first because captain lee had mentioned something about a sword in his wheelhouse when he was yelling at heather and so i was just like well what is that and i actually (laughs) got the because i was watching it on the pc while i was doing other things on the pc so i blew it up full screen and i lean in with my glasses on that's how dedicated i am to you people and it was like a costume tailor (laughs) but yeah he's a lot and the only thing that i can think of growing up there was always that and there was literally a show called the odd couple but it was always that juxtaposition of two entirely different people, be it Felix and Oscar from The Odd Couple, Laverne and Shirley. Shirley was very dressed down. Laverne was very sexualized. So there's always been that kind of... Dichotomy. Yeah, where it's almost like what you enjoy in a person is either something you'd never dare be or that you don't want to be, but that you find fun. So... That's the only thing I can think of with the two of them, but I do think it's cute. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think Jake is cute. No, Mm -mm. (laughs) I don't think that Jake's antics are cute, but there must be something more endearing about him that we just don't see. Right. Is all I can figure. Yeah, I think so. But that's editing for you, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Small bone to pick is... (laughs) whether introducing i just uh, had beavis and butthead brain there (laughs) small bone to pick heather introducing the breakfast dish the mediterranean egg dish it's called shakeshuka okay and she mispronounced it two different ways so just for clarification in any in case anybody's trying to google that she botched it twice yeah she also previously wrote down crepe as creep right yeah (laughs) maybe spelling and pronunciation is not her strong suit she also called it oh what did she say instead of chic it was like cheek or something 
when she was talking about the white party to Kaylee, she said they were doing cheek. (laughs) I was like, okay. (laughs) She's this whole, and I have to apologize to the listeners because we did begin this podcast under the pretense that this was going to be unlike other podcasts and this was going to be very positive oriented i cannot do that with heather right now i just can't she is on my last nerve everything she does annoys me and this episode was so heather centric that i couldn't stop being annoyed through it Well, you're not the only one that's getting annoyed with her. I mean, Captain Lee making comments about the costume shop and the wheelhouse. Mm -hmm. And in this vein, Heather saying that she's, I think she was talking to Fraser, right? Saying that she was carrying the team. Right. And her comment after that was something about imagination. And it has to occur to me that that was only in her imagination. (laughs) Exactly. That she was carrying the team. Yes. But I will say I had a little bit of PTSD last night watching the episode towards the end and Mm -hmm. it off brand for me and in sympathy for Heather, the way that Lee seems to continually be coming down on her is exactly Mm -hmm. what I experienced, but my, to level that's a little bit less than what I dealt with on my season. He was very unhappy that he was there Mm -hmm. and he couldn't take out his frustration on the charter guests. He couldn't take it out on Bravo because technically they were the charter guest. Right. So he took all of his frustration for that out on me. And you saw very little of that, Mm -hmm. but it was rattling. Mm -hmm. And I get it from her perspective. If it just seems like he continues to target her. And it seems like that's what was happening. I mean, let's be honest. If Kate was having a conversation with the charter guests from the last episode saying that they wanted to do something really sweet for their wives and Kate made the suggestion and then went and told Lee, like, I think it'd be really cool if you did a vow renewal for these people. I think they'd really appreciate it and we get a better tip you know that he wouldn't have been pissed about it. He wasn't pissed about her putting a rocket ship on somebody's bed. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what the difference is with Heather, with the exception of, I think he just doesn't like her. Can I tell you what my thoughts are? Yeah, I mean, I guess so. (laughs) I guess that's what we're doing here. (laughs) I think at the beginning, he did very much like her. I think it turned when she volunteered him for the vow renewal, And when he confronted her about it, she blew it off like it was no big deal. And then follow that up with what they're saying the timing was on him finding out what Heather said. So I think he feels a big shift. And so I don't think he was clued in from what you've told me. He kind of stays out of the melee a lot and just lets things go on around him. And I think that that was kind of the case. And when he started seeing these things one after the other, then he's going to turn on cranky Captain and be very forceful because he doesn't want to, in my opinion, this is just all me guessing here. I don't think he wants to look like he's a pushover in that he's missing all of these things that are happening. So that's where I think the shift came in. First with the vow renewal, 
volunteering him and not taking him very seriously there, then finding out what she said, and then leaving all her crap in his wheelhouse. Because he even said when she was bringing it out, why are you doing it here? And she said, because the lighting is better. And he didn't seem to like to have his space invaded. And I think she's crossed too many of his boundaries. So now he's fighting back with her. But maybe not. I don't know. It just seems, like I said, it brought back a little bit of PTSD. I get it. And, And I can absolutely understand why it would. I just think your circumstance was different because he was kind of powerless that season. You know what I mean? And so he absolutely took it out on you. And I think since then, there's been more of a shift of power in his direction and he has more say so. I don't know. I understand absolutely why it would trigger you though. Well, thank you. I'll leave it at that. Okay. So Andrew had a question for us. Oh, my husband, Andrew. Yay. After we were watching the episode last night, he asked me who we predict will be returning for next season because we've made it through most of the season at this point. Mm Mm-hmm. And he wants to know what we think. Okay. I have a two pick and it's Fraser and Rachel. Okay. So not Eddie. I don't think so. I don't know. It's possible. I mean, he's got a decent fan base. He seems over it. And you actually brought this up to me and I follow some of the articles, but generally not about people that I think I have a good beat on. And you've been following more of the articles and you said it seems like he's rebelling a little bit. Yeah. I mean, he seems like he's kind of gone off the reservation with NDAs and production and kind of slamming them a little bit. And maybe he just doesn't care anymore because he sees what they're doing and how wrong it is like everybody else. Right. And is not playing along anymore. Right. At one point it was advantageous for all of them to play along for fear that they would not be asked back if they didn't, but maybe he just doesn't care anymore. Right. And honestly, I don't think he has done enough this season to carry a show. Like if he was the only one that was brought back Mm -hmm. that was returned. I mean, I I think it's probably highly likely you're right that Rachel will return. I think Fraser would be a good person. Mm -hmm. I've gone back and forth liking and disliking him all season. Mm -hmm. And I feel like he's the least of the evils here. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. I didn't like how he treated Jessica. Right. I didn't like how he responded to her leaving. Mm -hmm. I thought all of that was pretty petty, but I shouldn't expect a lack of pettiness from a Bravo liberty. Right. At any point, you know, it, it seems on brand for Bravo. It's just, I think he would probably do well in that leadership role. He had a little bit less experience in some aspects of this, but he's got an entire year to brush up on bartending and some of the other skills that would put him in line to be able to pull that off. Right. I think he's intelligent enough to do it. I just Mm -hmm. hope that he doesn't do the Kate thing and start ganging up on somebody with either his second or third stew right off the bat. Right. Because that's what we saw, but he was kind of led into that by Heather, I think. And that's how I've been taking it. My biggest beef with him was the Jessica beef. And I've talked that to death. But if you see now that Kaylee's on, he and Kaylee seem to be getting on very well. And I had someone ask me on Twitter 
when did he become endearing? I'm really enjoying watching him now. And I think he's endearing when he's not being a bully. And hopefully he's learned from his mistakes. Maybe he was so separated from his crew because the ship that he was on was fairly big. I mean, if you can do nothing but beds all day, it's got to be a decent sized vessel. And so maybe there wasn't the level of interaction because you didn't have multiple facets to your job. Like you didn't have to balance service and laundry and cabins. So he might not have had that experience before. And now he's been presented with it and he started off on the wrong foot and he found his footing. So I would love for him to come back as Chief Stew and for Bravo to say aloha to Honolulu Barbie. (laughs) The goodbye version of aloha, not the hello version. Well, I'm sure they've done crazier stuff before, but I don't see a way that they could bring her back. It just doesn't make sense to me. No, that they would bring her back. I think Fraser would be a good choice. I think Rachel was much less entertaining this season, but actually did her job. Somebody else was the crazy one this season. Right. I don't see any of the deck team coming back. I don't either. That's why I didn't mention any of them. I just don't. I think Raina's moved on to other things. I'm not sure that Jake's annex could be entertaining. I'm pretty sure Wes is back on his sailboat in the Caribbean. So I don't see that any of them stood out enough for the biggest complaint about this season that I've seen on social media to be that it's boring. I don't think you want to bring back the people that your audience thought was boring. I think you'd want to start fresh again. Rachel's a safe bet because she's good at her job. And if this is the Rachel that comes to the table and not her first season, then I can see them carrying her through for a while. I could do with less of the foul remarks, but sure. Yeah, yeah. But now it's even catching because Eddie was freaking quoting her at this point. (laughs) Yeah, I did a Raina eye roll on that one. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I'm not a huge fan of that, but I'm also much more prudish than most of Bravo's audience. So I kind of know where I stand in that realm. But I just don't think anybody on the exterior was entertaining enough. And I don't know that Kaylee is bringing enough to come back. She's just very quiet and does her job. So there's nothing exciting there. And would she want to come back if her friend wasn't there? Right. True. For support. You know what I mean? And I think bringing Heather back, like you said, would be a PR nightmare. Yeah. I think that would do the same thing that the Sandy Malia return combo would do. Right. Where people would just, for obvious reasons, shut it down and not watch. Yeah. And that would tank it, which is really interesting from them going from an Emmy nod last year to what we're watching now. Right. Yeah. You know, moving on, Sailing Yacht. Mm Mm-hmm. How cool is that trailer? I'm so excited. (laughs) It was so good. And we, just so everybody knows, we re-released our broadcast with Gabby who Jen actually at the time did not know that Gabby was going to be on the new season of Sailing Yacht. And y'all are evil for that. You yachty sticking together and leaving the super fan out. Whatevs. But (laughs) 
it was a fun surprise to see her on the trailer. So that was cool. I wanted it to be a surprise. And obviously we couldn't talk about it because we don't want to violate any of her NDA stuff or anything like that. So I didn't want to get her into trouble. So it was easiest just to avoid it at all costs, but to get her opinion on a lot of other things. So please, if you haven't listened to it, check that out. We just put the rebroadcast out on Monday Mm -hmm. when the trailer came out. So definitely check that out. It's very interesting. I'm super excited. I hope that this sailing season is what below deck in general needs to get us out of the funk that we're in after the last Mediterranean season. And obviously this stinker of a season. Right. Agreed. I have to say I was gobsmacked when I saw Daisy and Gary in the hot tub. That shocked the living heck out of me. And I need to know the backstory on how that happens. So we might have to spend the entire season waiting to find out the backstory on that. That's true. Don't hold your breath. That's true. And I won't. I've learned not to do that because they usually tease me with something that I'm not going to get until the end of the season. But yeah, (laughs) I was talking to Kelsey because she hadn't seen it yet. And I said, the new trailer drop, you need to watch it. And then I told her about Daisy and Gary. And she was like, what? And I said, I know. I said, Colin, I would get, but not Gary. And she was like, right. And I said, this is going to be like one of the foulest things I ever say on here, but this is kind of how I talk to my kid. And I said, I wouldn't even do him with someone else's snatch. (laughs) Yeah. It'll be interesting. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm excited for it. I think it looks like an exciting season. We need something to get us excited about Below Deck again. And this looks like it might be the ticket. I hope so. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for joining us again. I will be on Charter next week. So we will have Roy King Willie joining Jen again. So thank you in advance for that. Mm-hmm. And please, if you've got the time, go ahead and rate and review our podcast. Awesome. Thank you all for listening, and we'll catch you this week for the super fan. We have an excellent guest this week, Taria from What Else Is Going On podcast. She is a riot and a trip, and she has a voice I'm jealous of. So be sure to check that out too on Thursday. So thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye. Special thanks to our friends who helped us create Gangplank Report. Down below music and lyrics by Angel Tweeter Frail and Terry Abbott. Performed by Lorelei of Florida. Production assistance by Michael Castaneda. Super fan intro by Blind Lawrence. Cast off me, hearties.